Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This crowd rises to its feet. Pacaro slammed it home. Darwin left wing, three ball. Perfect. Darwin, part of the lane, lobbed the Mobley, pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Chaos Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. We have an incredibly exciting show for you guys today. But before we get to the stuff that people actually care about, I have to introduce my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing good. I, uh, a, a sad loss in Memphis, but altogether an encouraging one, I would say. Down down, Donnie uh, and, uh, you know... Hard to be too grumpy, but uh, let's waste no time. We have we have uh, we have greatness in our midst, Justin. We absolutely do. That was a heartbreaking loss, but you know what? My heart's already warm because we are joined today by a Cleveland Cavaliers legend, Brad Doherty. Joins the podcast, Brad. How are you doing today, Justin Carter? I'm doing just fine. Hope you guys. How are you guys doing this evening? Honestly, I'm I'm doing well. I'm I'm up here in Canada. It's not very cold right now. It's actually kind of hmm. mild. I'm enjoying that aspect. Uh, like we mentioned, Kaz had a bit of a heartbreaking loss, but I thought overall a really good showing. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's uh, get to how your experience has been uh, back with the Cavs. I know I speak for Carter and myself and, and our listeners that uh, we've really enjoyed you on the broadcast. How how has that experience been getting back uh, involved with the team? You know, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm enjoying being around the young guys and spending time with them and getting to talk to them about my experiences and the things that they're experiencing. And, and also doing the broadcast has just been a lot of fun. Um, have a great time doing the games and, you know, just watching the ebbs and flows of the season, being around the game, being around pro basketball and, and Cavalier basketball in particularly has been it's just a lot of fun. I'm, I'm tickled to have the opportunity to do so. And I'm thankful for the Cavs for asking me to, to, to step into the opportunity. So it's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. What it, what have you kind of gotten to experience, you know, in terms of like, you know, you, you were you know, often uh NASCAR land for some time at, at uh, how how close were you following the game while you were, you know, obviously you're a, a wildly multi-talented broadcaster going all over the place, but, you know, how, how how connected to basketball were you while you were working in NASCAR at that time? Well, yeah, I, I still do. I still do uh, the pre-race show for NBC uh, in NASCAR. Uh, I own a NASCAR team. Uh, but see, I, I actually was moonlighting it with ESPN. I did uh, NBA Tonight for – Oh man, probably 12, 10, 11, 12 years. Uh, and I also did the sports center bit, uh, probably up to about five years ago for about 10 years, Tim Legler and I did, uh, the NBA basketball recap. And then I also did college basketball. So I was cruising along there and then I just, I kind of stepped away about eh, maybe four years ago. Um, because it was just killing me. I was doing so much. It's a lot of work. It was a lot. I was trying to do college and pro basketball for them and uh, just just got to where I was a little burnt out. But uh, I've always kept up and, you know, I watched the games and spent a lot of time. I'm, you know, I'm in Charlotte a lot. So I was, at a, you know, I go to a lot of Charlotte Hornets games, go with Michael, go watch his team play a little bit. And 
Uh, spent a lot of time around the league. Uh, got a lot of friends in the in the league. A uh, couple of owners, a couple of GMs. Pat Riley's a, a friend, so I would go watch those guys practice and watch them play, and we just talk basketball. So I've been around. I've, I haven't well, gone anywhere. I've just kind of been around. Yeah. What's it been like uh, kind of diving back in with just one team, though, you know, going from covering yeah. the whole league to, like, really having access, especially, like, I would imagine more so here than most places, just given, you know, your status as a Cavs legend. What's that experience been like actually, you know, spending, you know, pretty much the majority of the season with just one team? Yeah, it's been great. You know, I, I came back what, two years ago and it all started uh, when we were having retirement ceremonies and, and well, you know, ushering in uh, players to the wall of honor, uh, something we started a couple seasons back. And, you know, just had a conversation uh, one afternoon with, with uh, Kobe Altman, um, the president of our, our basketball team and GM, you know, obviously. And we just were talking about, you know, the Cavs and what I saw and what I've been up to. And uh, the night of the ceremony, they asked me if I wanted to do a little TV uh, just as a, you know, part-time thing, just as a quarter or so. And so I sat down, we did some TV. And um, after the game, I, you know, the, the TV folks approached and said, hey, would you like to do a few more games? I said, sure, I'll do a few games. And a few games turned into a lot. And then Kobe and I started talking more and more about the basketball side of things and just, you know, he's just asking me my opinion and I gave him my opinion on some things and he wanted me to come around a little more. So uh, I said, sure, be glad to, love to. And it's been a lot of fun um, coming back and, and watching um, our team. Like I said, we've got a young basketball team that's got a tremendous amount of talent, a uh, tremendous amount of ability and watching, you know, going all the way back, you know, to a couple of seasons ago where, you know, we're trying to figure out who we were. We're trying to figure out who a coach is going to be and that type of thing to where we are now with a little bit more of a stable platform has been, been a lot of fun to have entree to. And like I say, just spending time around these guys has been, been incredible to, to watch them and to talk to them. And the questions, some of the questions they ask, I find it, I find it interesting because these guys are, you know, they're a little, they've got different, platform to play from today than what, what I played on 30 years ago. But, you know, at the end of the day, the game is still kind of the same. And so we've got some really smart young men on our basketball team that ask really inquisitive questions about how to be successful and, you know, not only on the court, but off the court. So it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm just tickled to death to have the opportunity to come in and mentor some of these young guys. Well, I think it's safe to say that we can say that you are another great addition by Kobe Altman uh, to this team. Uh, and, the man and doesn't miss. He, the man doesn't miss. <laughs> and you know what? It, it comes through. Like, it comes through on the broadcast when someone's really enjoying the game and having fun. And you certainly seem to be having a lot of fun there. Uh, you mentioned kind of getting to know the team and getting a, a sense for who these guys are as people. What, what's your experience been like uh, kind of just getting to know the team better culturally? Like, uh, how have you enjoyed kind of connecting with the players on that level? You know, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. Um, again, you know, uh, Kobe and, and I talked a lot about this basketball team and, you know, start, you know, I watch these guys play and, and you, you approach them from the standpoint of, okay, they kind of know who you are a little bit just because they're in the building and you can, you can see some of the things that, that, you know, the pictures and the data. And if he knows around a little bit, you kind of realize who either myself or an Austin Carr or someone like that is. And so um, you start talking to them and I usually wait, you know, I'm always, my thing is I always try to encourage guys, you know, if they have a st an evening where they stumble, I still try to encourage them to continue to, to lean up against it. And I think as they see and understand that you're there uh, supporting what they're trying to accomplish, they start talking, different guys start talking to you. And it comes from out of different places. I mean, one night it could be Donovan Mitchell talking to me about his shot or another night it could be, you know, Karis LeVert talking to me about getting over top of a screen, what I see, or Jared Allen talking about picks and rolls. You know, how do you play that pick and roll? How did I play the pick and roll, you know? And just talking about all these different things. And uh, I've even had some you know, good conversations with, with Coach Bickerstaff about, 
you know, guarding up around the perimeter and just things I see. And so it's just been real organic. I just, I don't go in and I don't proclaim anything. And, you know, usually I'm just in there eating the free food. I'm really good at that, <laughs> hanging out, you know, eating, eating meals with these guys. But I just like talking to them. And when they want to break it down and we start talking about basketball, it's great. And some guys want to talk about business opportunities. What does that look like? How do you do that? Which way do you go? Who do you trust? And so that type of thing. And uh, I'm, I'm always glad to, to lend a, uh, you know, an experienced ear to those conversations as well. So they're, they're all over the board. Uh, we have all kinds of, we've talked about everything from professional wrestling to NASCAR to cryptocurrencies to it's, it's a, it's a free flowing conversation uh, with these young men. And like I say, you got some really, really bright young men on our basketball team. So, we have guys that, that fit into the culture of Cleveland that we could be very, very proud of. And uh, I'm just really happy, like I say, to be be able to come in and nose around and offer an opinion here or there and get to sit and call these games is just an absolute blast. Did that line up with kind of your expectations of being around a team? You know, like you hear a lot of, you know, especially around young teams, you typically hear a lot of gripes about the the, the young players in the league about, you know, how they're focused on their brand and, you know, not necessarily on the court. And it, it doesn't sound like that's been your experience at all. No, it's not been that at all. Um, you know, I think the thing today is we all have to um, acquiesce just a little bit. You know, I talk to Charles Barkley every once in a while. I actually play golf with him every once in a while. He's a horrible golfer, but we, we talk, <laughs> we talk. And, you know, guys of my era, a little older and right around, you know, even even when I see them as sidebar conversations, they really don't like the game today. And I just I disagree. I think that you know I watch these guys play. I think the athletes are better than ever. Uh, I think the game is obviously different. And sometimes, as as old heads, we have a really difficult time <clears throat> accepting change. And I think that's one of the issues with the commentary on guys, you know, looking at their brand or looking at. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm an old school guy. I'm a Clint Eastwood, Grand Torino guy. You know, I'm an old school guy. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting when you have guys who are smart enough um, and who, who have the, the intellectual IQ to have other interests. You know, I, I, I think that these guys work really, really hard. Everyone works really, really hard. And, and they're very focused on their craft. But if they're building their brand – uh, as well, alongside what they're doing, I, I re- there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think we look at, at professional athletes a lot of times and we try to pick apart the reasoning, you know, and that's just not it. That, that's not – you can't sit and stare at a basketball for 24 hours uh, and just, you know, dig through the minutiae because it doesn't do any good. You you see it. You hit a point of diminishing returns, right? 100%. You see it with golfers a lot. You know, I was I was you know, I was watching uh, golf today, and Lucas Glover uh, yipped on a like an eight inch putt. And so uh, I had a great conversation. I, I was talking with Matt Kuchar one time about the game of golf and kind of where the yips come from. Because if you think about it, these, all these great golfers get to the towards the kind of the latter parts of their careers, and they get the yips. They can't, you know, they get the, the flinches when they chip and they putt. And it's because as a golfer, you know, you grow up hitting thousands and thousands and thousands of golf balls, hundreds of thousands. It's a little different basketball. You can shoot thousands of shots, but you're sitting there with a golf ball. When you go out on a driving range, I mean, there could be a hundred balls in the pile and you could hit maybe 10 of those a day. You know, when you go with a basketball, you usually just got one ball. So I think it's over usage that eventually creates that thing because you're working on perfection. And if it's not natural after a while, it becomes a tendency to flinch. And I think that's what we, we're getting into today with these athletes is we've, we've got to recognize that getting away from the game into a space, now it can't be a space of aggravation or, or something that's going to cause concern or, or worry, but if it's something they can turn their minds to to alleviate their minds of the stress of being a professional athlete, I think that's pretty healthy. I, I, I think got- that's a good thing. I go straight to Jared Allen winning player of the week last last year and clearly annoyed everyone's trying to hug him while he's trying to play his Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 
That's a whole different cat. Now, he's a different cat altogether. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he yeah, seems man. like one of the most unique dudes in the league, but like just a total sweet guy. But like, and, and and I actually wanted to ask you about both him and Evan because both those guys are not your typical snarling big men. No. Uh, you know, both very gently spoken guys. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, when, when you when you kind of see those soft-spoken bigs, sometimes people wonder, like, oh, do they really love the game, or yeah. are they, you know, just, you know, cosmically here because they're tall, you know, athletic <laughs> yeah. uh, freaks. Yeah. But it seems like those guys really, really love the game despite their being soft, soft-spoken. They love contact, too. Can you talk a little bit about your experience watching those guys? Oh, absolutely. Those, I mean, they work extremely hard. And, and the thing about both of those guys, you talk about Jarrett and Evan, they're you know, they're not physically imposing guys. They're very slight of build. And that's kind of the, when you look at I've, I've other teams and look at their scouting reports and things like that, and that that's kind of what teams try to do. They try to get into Jarrett and Evan and move them around because they're slightly built. But what, what you see is with both of them, they're incredibly athletic and incredibly explosive. So they're not going to beat you. You know, that, I mean, you know, Jared Allen's not going to go out and toss Joel Embiid around. That's just not going to happen. But he can participate at a level at a, with an energy, uh, with an explosiveness that matches maybe that size and strength of Joel Embiid. So they're unique in that way. And then, you you know, that's Jared. Jared's just really explosive, uh, very long, plays very hard. Uh, and, you know, really, really goes at the game aggressively and without fear. Um, Evan is kind of a unicorn because of his tremendous size. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's six eleven, you know, right in there and, and six ten, six eleven, And his reach, you know, is like a seven foot five guy. His reach, he's so long, but it, then you take his, his footwork is that of a, a small forward, you know, maybe even some two guards in the league. So, uh, yeah, and, but they do they fit into today's game much better than they would have obviously 15, 20 years ago uh, because the game today is played in much more space uh, and forward facing as opposed to when I played the game eons ago. So they're, they're, they, they're the, I think they're the prototypical NBA player uh, I, in today's game. Yeah. I, I'd actually love to pick your brain about the evolution of the big man, because it, it seemed like for a while the NBA was trending towards small ball, right? Like let's get skill sure. at every single position. And now it seems like that has continued, but now it's the big men being asked to do more, like to to provide some playmaking and and really play a well-rounded game. And you yourself, you were ahead of that curve, right? As a big man right. that could provide playmaking. And honestly, that, that Cavs roster, you look back at it, it was ahead of the curve in general. Like Mark Price played a very uh, kind of modern game. Uh, Larry Nance was that athletic four that could do a bunch of things. And you as a center that could get a triple-double. Uh, mm -hmm. How have you liked the evolution of the big man, especially in recent years? Yeah, it's been interesting to watch, you know, over the past decade. Um, you know, I, when, you know, you look at the game 10 years ago and the, the big, the big guys started playing more forward facing and, and it was not, it was, it was kind of a very stark contrast, obviously when we played, but I, I always likened it to, you know, or, or I always thought the change happened over a decade ago because of AAU basketball. AAU, in my opinion, teaches players to be kind of positionless and it teaches everyone to shoot the basketball. You look into its volume of shot as opposed to quantity. So 10 years ago, you, you look at this league and the big guy starting to face the basket, and it, but you saw a little bit of a lack of fundamentals overall because there just wasn't, there's not time to teach in AAU. You play. Mm. And so you see some guys, you see some remnants of that. You see guys that have no idea how we're, you know, ball, man, spacing, those types of things. They're incredible athletes, but they don't know how to play the game. But I, what's starting to evolve is guys on their own, you know, their own volition are starting to understand to be effective as a seven footer in today's game. You have to bring something unique to the table if you're not a shooter. If you can't shoot threes, you can't handle the basketball, then what can you do to earn opportunity to play? And I think Jared Allen's a great example of what you, you have to become. 
if you're gonna if you're gonna play with your back to the basket, you also have to be a dynamic shot blocker. Uh, you have to be able to go out on the floor and defend two guards and pick and rolls and those types of things. You're not gonna shoot threes, but you're gonna be asked to do everything else. So it's evolved to that. It's evolved to where you know I, I think one of the most interesting people in the league is is Brooke Lopez. You know, when I, I, I can't I completely change this game. That is unbelievable. When I when I watched him play early on, that's his game reminded me of him a, a lot when I watched him play. And I loved watching him play. I thought he was dominant as a post up center. And to see his game where it's changed and what he has done, which is so hard to do, is remarkable. It's remarkable because he, you know, you look at his body structure and everything like that. It doesn't. It doesn't fit with what he does now, but he does it incredibly well. So, uh, and I, like I say, I think it's still some of the the AAU effect, but I also think it's the modern game of basketball. But I will say this: you, I think that's where we're really smart. Is you know, last year it was unique having the three seven footers in that lineup, um, and you could see, you know, there are times in today's game where it becomes about volume of shot with three-pointers, because some teams just absolutely – I mean, it's going up. It's a math <laughs> uh, problem at a certain point, right? No, just... they, I mean, it's three versus two. It's just – yeah, it's just simple math. But I think you, you, every, you know, fourth, fifth possession, you, you slow that basketball down and you take advantage of some clock and you take advantage of execution and you get a really good shot, not just a shot, you know, because I don't know – I don't ever know when a 30-foot shot's a good shot, you know, we <laughs> – I mean, we may make some of them, but I don't ever know if it's a good shot. You know that uh, I, I see, like, Karis LeVert, to me, gets a lot of good shots. Now, he misses some of them, but it's where he's shooting the ball from and the position he's put himself in. You know, he'll step into that gap in the lane or drive it, dribble drive it in there right eight, nine feet a lot, and that's a good shot. That is a good shot because now – if he misses that shot, you've got rebounding presence because people are there. It's probably not going to rebound and bounce out 25, 30 feet. It's a good opportunity. So I think that's where we're smart. We take advantage of Evan sometimes in the post-up. We take advantage of, of Jared sometimes in the post-up. And Donovan is excellent at getting to the front of the rim as well as Darius. And then you look at what else, you know, uh, Isaac in transition is getting to the front of the goal. You've got to get to the front of the goal because that's where foul opportunity, that's where you beat up on that defense. That's that's how you that's how you create an advantage. And when you don't do that, if you just have a bad shooting night, you're going to get beat. But if you have the good balance, a good 70-30 balance, you can shoot the ball on the perimeter 70% of the time, but you you give that 30% enough attention, you're going to be tough to beat if you're if you're efficient. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. In the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today.
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, rim, rim, rim pressure is super, super important for this team uh, for, for a billion obvious reasons, especially since they are playing two to three two to two and a half, you know, quote unquote, non-shooters on the floor most of the time. Uh, I did want to ask you a little bit about Donovan Mitchell because, you know, we, Justin and I, we had our own kind of wake up call where we're like, oh, we thought we knew what this guy was, but we didn't. Did you have kind of a similar uh, experience going from, you know, watching him maybe, I don't know, like five, six times a year to, you know, every single night and learning what he was capable of? Yeah, just exactly. I mean, I, you know, watched him, a, you know, watch him a few times a year when Utah would play or the playoffs and things like that. And, you know, just thought he was, thought he was a really, just a, a really good player with a lot of potential, uh, but never really put much thought into it. And then he gets here and I, or when Kobe tells me he's coming on board, I'm like, oh man, okay, that's an interesting piece. Uh, and I was trying to wrap my mind around how's he going, how's this going to work? And then, uh, you know, you get to see him live under the various circumstances of the beginning of this season. <clears throat> you know, start out, you get to watch him play. You, you see he and Darius, how are they going to mesh together? And Darius has the eye injury. And JB looks at him and says, man, I need you to lead. And <laughs> so when he asked him to lead, I was saying to myself, okay, what's this going to look like? Is this going to be I'm um, leading with 50 shots, you know, and, and we get beat or – not at all. I mean, this guy, the thing I love about him is he's a communicator. Uh, he he talks up to the guys. He he puts people in position. And he he just went to work. He scored 35, 40 points, but handed out six, seven, eight assists. And I and I say it all the time. I've watched, you know, watched him play 40 games. And I can maybe count maybe three or five shots he's taken in, in this many games now that I would say were marginal. Maybe he didn't need to take that shot. That that was not a great shot. Three to five. Mm-hmm. Most people I, it's, I thought that it's was gonna be five a night. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was gonna be that way. Three to five a game. You know, I, no. I don't think I understood what a smart player he was. No. He takes I mean these big shots he hit, these these are all within the optics. I mean he he doesn't take just wild Shots, you know, you you watch some guys, some of these teams, and one of the teams is I noticed has had a lot like the Atlanta Hawks. He's, he's, these guys take some wild shots. And oh, you're speaking anybody... our language with with little, <laughs> little hawk slander, Brad. <laughs> you just watch. Well, I watched him play the other night, and I was like, yeah, like, well, that's a terrible shot. There's no one <laughs> on the backboard; it's just going up, you know. So um, he doesn't do that. He doesn't put his teammates in that position, and he's unselfish. And he's not just there to shoot. Man, his drive to the basket is phenomenal. I mean, that little layup where he kind of gets, you know, he twisted, contorts his body and, and he hangs. Underneath. He it's hangs in the air. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I had no idea he had this much ability. I, I really didn't. And I'm really, and I, and the thing I really like is just talking to the young man. He's very thoughtful. He's very bright. Um, he he's very meaningful when you talk to him. He wants to do really, really well, and he wants everyone around him to be successful. So we got a gym, and I give Kobe, again, Kobe Altman, just that, hey, man, you get the huge pat on the back for this one because this is uh, 
this is something that could set ourselves for, for several years. I mean, the Cavs definitely feel like they're set up for a very long time. And it's kind of a fun cir- uh, full circle moment here because the last time the NBA All-Star game was in Salt Lake City, the Cavs were really well represented. There, there was you, Mark, as well as Larry. Do you feel kind of a full circle moment? And, and I'd encourage the listeners as well. There's still some time to do some fan voting. Let's at least get Donovan in as a starter. I think uh, he, he's our best chance as a starter, and then the rest will come down to coaches. Is there kind of a full circle moment looking back at that, at uh, the Cavs once again having all, this young core of talent that all kind of fits together uh, and the game being back in Utah? Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, the game and and – in Salt Lake City, Larry, Mark, and myself played. That was so much fun, just, you know, representing Cleveland, representing our town. Uh, we had struggled, or the, the franchise had struggled for a lot of years. And, you know, we come rolling into town, and we get rid of those orange U-Haul jerseys, and we got a new, <laughs> we got, we got a new attitude, and we were building on something great there. And to go to Salt Lake and represent the – the, you know, the the Cavaliers was just a great – we had so much fun, such a great time. And to look at it now, yeah, I mean, it brings back a lot of memories. And I look at this team, and I, I see the similarities. And I just – you know, I just – I think we've got to be really patient. We've got to be really careful uh, because, you know, there there's a lot that still has to be accomplished. This team needs a little more seasoning, a little more experience and callousness to, to – or a little bit more callous mm-hmm. uh, in order to, to win big. But, man, all the pieces, almost all the pieces are out on the chessboard. And so keep putting them together. Keep building. You got to earn it. You just, you just don't get it. But you can't say any – I mean, again, I'm going to say it a thousand times tonight, Kobe Altman has done his job. Um, he has given us tremendous pieces – and now it's it's up to, to us to get these pieces in the right position, take advantage, maximize potential, um, get the most out of every player in the right way, um, and do it as a group and continue uh, in all of that. The, the biggest thing is establishing, reestablishing culture here in Cleveland. Um, it's so important. You know, you, you go, it's so fun. You go to a Miami Heat practice. It, it is a trip. <laughs> uh, or you go down and I go sit and watch and it's just like, it, I mean, it, it, it's like the military and there's no doubt about it. Um, and there's, you know, there's that hierarchy. And then when Riles comes in, it's just like, you know, a general five-star general, four-star general just walked in the building. And, uh, but that culture's there and, and that's where we've got to get to, you know, we, we go through the era of having LeBron, and when you have that once-in-a-generational talent, it's kind of just up to you not to screw it up, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? You know, and and so you get to ride that wave. But in a lot of ways, that I mean, that's obviously not – that's not sustainable. And so who are you when that goes away? And, and, and I'll keep talking about the, the Heat because I'm a big Pat Riley fan, but, <laughs> you know, 24-7, who are you? And that's where – You've got to get to, and this young team has to get to, in order to be respected, not only, you know, not only night in, night out, but, you know, throughout the league. You have to have the officials' respect. You have to have the league's respect. You've got to get a call every once in a while because you deserve it, not because you're Cleveland. You don't get the call. And and people say, well, that does. Yeah, it does. I mean, everybody's human in doing this. We're all humans. And so um, you've got to be able to earn it. And you, you, you earn that through being consistent, uh, being prepared, and being together. It's all about being together and being on the same page. And I think we're well on our way. Uh, you know, I, there's, I think there's an NBA championship in this team. A um, couple things need to happen, obviously. A couple pieces need to fall in the right place. But it – is it going to happen this year? No, probably not next year. No, but you take this year, you take next year, you got to start making some noise. You know, last year we just kind of flamed out. We flamed out and it was mm-hmm. kind of the, kind of the, 
the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, typical story. You know, we were so this, this, and this throughout the season, and everybody's kind of kind of starting to take a peek at us, and then we get hurt, and this happens, and then at the end of the year we get beat. No one even talks about us. You know, you can't have that happen again this year. Can't have that. You got to go into the playoffs. You got to make some noise. You got to you got to scare some people. You know, <laughs> you you have to in order to build have that building block. And there's pressure there. There's pressure there to have, make that happen. Uh, but it's good pressure because you've got the tools to do so. If you don't have the tools, that's real pressure. Pressure you got now is to not screw it up. Right. No, absolutely. And Brad, thank you so much. You, you've been so generous with your time. I do have one quick follow-up because you did play on, on a young Cavs team that had so much talent that was all trying to develop at the same time while working towards a collective goal. Obviously, there's a parallel with this group. What advice have you given or would you give to this young Cavs core as they try to work on their own games while also working towards that collective goal of an NBA championship? Yeah, I, you know, looking back to our young basketball team, the one thing that was really constant uh, was the voice of Lenny Wilkins. And with that voice, it was always about the process. Okay, And what your part in the process was is you learned what you were supposed to do in every play. And so I always tell guys, young guys, try to learn a little bit about what that guy's supposed to be doing when you call – you know, 43 orange, what is the point guard's job? You know what your job is. What is his job? You know, and the reason why I always say what's the point guard's job is because he usually starts with the basketball. So when I learned, when I, we played, I, I knew what Mark's job was on every play because he, he started with the basketball. All right. So I knew what his job was. And so I tell all the other guy, all these guys, uh, you know, from, from Donovan, you know, to Isaac, what is – Darius's job when you call a play what is Donovan's job if he's running learn that so if you do that then you understand the process of where you're trying to get to and when you're when you understand that much of it you know when a play doesn't work you know when you've screwed up the play you you understand how it got screwed up you don't need the coach yelling at you like calling a timeout to chew your rear end out because you screwed up you know what happened in that play? Not the fact that you just didn't get the ball to make a shot. You knew that such and such missed a screen on on Darius because that's the initiation. You know this. And so that that becomes your focus. And so that becomes all about the process. And when you have process, you have culture, you have the ability to win. Well, I could not appreciate uh, your time more, your your insight. Uh, this I feel like I learned a lot, and uh, we're we're going to continue enjoying listening to you on, on the Valley broadcast. And hopefully, there's a lot more fun times ahead for the cast. So, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Have a good evening, and I enjoyed it. Look forward to doing it again. <laughs> thank Have you so time. much, Brad. All right, take care. All right, see ya. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. Definitely cool to have Brad Doherty on the podcast. And I mean, really, we get supported by the Cavs so well, setting us up with this interview. But we also get supported by our friends at Zoom incredibly well, Carter. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. 
I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. How's that for a segue, Carter? Oh, it was really, it was really solid, Justin. I think it was the right time. Let's talk about that that Grizzlies loss. Yes. Um, you know what 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 did you take away from that? Uh, obviously, I think we have to probably start with. I want to start with the bummer stuff and then get into the fun stuff. I want to flip it a little bit. Okay. Uh, which was, uh, you know, uh, the the lack of a timeout down the stretch. You know, a lot of a lot of folks, uh, you know, on on the social medias, uh, not super thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I do think this is just one of those learning opportunities for the team and for the, for the staff where, you know, cl- I think it was pretty clear, uh, you know, with absolutely no Intel whatsoever that the plan was that they were going to just, you know, not let the defense get set. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it is so hard to, to, to bail from that plan with five seconds left. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I'm pretty understanding of, of kind of how the game ended, but you know it's tough, and then obviously you know the the block call on Jared Allen that even though last two minute report said it was a was a correct call, I still don't disagree. Or I still don't agree, but mm-hmm. there was no challenge there. I mean, what what were your thoughts on the end of the game? Yeah, I would have liked to see a challenge there, uh, e- even for my own sanity. Um, I I did agree with the concept of not letting Memphis get set after the Steven Adams tipping. Uh, that's the best defense in the league right now. They, they've overtaken the Cavs. Um, you, you got Dylan Brooks, who, who's a really good defender. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have a legitimate defensive player of the year case. Um, so I, I like that call. Maybe when it all kind of got blown up, you, you could have theoretically called a timeout there or or with the Okoro inbound. I thought Garland missed, um, and, and it was a very brief window, and so maybe the length of Dylan Brooks kind of took that away. But th- there was one moment when Steven Adams was kind of hedging over and, and shadowing over to Garland where I thought he could have hit Allen, and Allen could have made a play in the short roll. Uh, I think it would have opened up an opportunity for Mobley with the base Baseline's Adrinas Algalskis 16-foot jump shot there to, to maybe win the game. Um, but, you know, the, these are kind of the, the learning experiences, right? Like, trusting the team, hey, I'm sure in that initial timeout, the game plan was we are going to go, whether it's a stop or whether it's a made basket, we're going to attack Memphis in transition rather than call a timeout and let them be set in a half-court defense. And I thought there there was a decent enough opportunity there with the Allen roll after the high screen. Um, but, you know, it's, it's disappointing. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I feel like we would almost feel better about the Cavs if they weren't in so many close games. Like I I looked at the team's clutch record and right now the Cavs are 11th in clutch net rating and they have a 16 and 12 record in clutch situations. So that That about tracks for me. I mean, anecdotally, I think they've been fine in the clutch. I feel like this is much ado about nothing, frankly. Well, here's the thing. The the way of looking at that is out of the 18 losses, 12 of those have occurred in the clutch. So those aren't nights where you're sitting there thinking, oh, they, they didn't have it tonight. They lost by 10 points. They, they weren't in it. It is what it is. Let's write it off. Those are games that it all comes down to the wire. So every single decision, every mistake a player makes, uh, any, any um, rotation that we don't agree with, that's going to go under the microscope in those situations because we're in every one of these games. But 
Uh, the fact that they're a 6-0 team in overtime, the fact that they have a winning record in clutch, the, they're a bit above average in those situations, that to me is encouraging, especially when you look at guys being in and out of the lineup. And just the fact that there is going to be a learning curve and there are going to be growing pains with the young team. So um, I thought maybe it could have been managed better. But at the same time, that was a fantastic game by the Cavs against the hottest team in the league. In the Bro, hardest, I thought it was a fantastic games from the coaching staff. I agree. Um, up, up, up until that moment at the end that I disagreed with their decision. I mean, I thought the the you know willingness to go to Neto in the third quarter. Um, that, that was it, something it, we messaged about last night. Was that yeah. we both really liked the rotations going going Neto and Rubio late in the third quarter, start of the fourth, and on a, a night where love. And on a night where Love, you know, didn't have it, he only played nine minutes. Didn't play him in the second half. Did the mm-hmm. thing that we asked him to do. Um, Jetty again, you know, had a rough first half and didn't get to play in the second half. I saw some folks complaining about uh, the Jetty minutes. I'm like, well, lack of minutes. And I'm like, well, you know, Darius was awesome. Uh, Karis was quite good in this game. Of course, uh, was and, awesome. And you know, I liked what the minutes Neto gave them, and those probably would have been Jetty minutes. So, like, I, I have no, I have no notes there. Um, you know, ultimately, I think. You know, you got to give a little credit to Memphis, man. Dylan Brooks is an oh. absolute fiend on yeah. defense. Um, uh, and he also blew up on the Okoro five second and uh violation. He also blew that setup by yep. completely like he got hit straight in the chest with a screen and just blew straight through it. Um, just an absolute dog, uh, on, on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, the fact that they can put him on uh, as a point of attack defender because Jaw does have pretty good size at, at the one. Um, you know, they, and Jaron is, uh, a, a, a true defensive savant. My, my God, I feel like he's gotten way smarter on defense than he was as, as, as a rookie, which I mean, makes sense. He's older. Yeah. Uh, but like, I thought that team was awesome. I, I, I don't think they played a bad guy game by any means. Uh, I think again, uh, you know, and I think we can move into, into the pluses. I thought every time Isaac was on Jer- uh, jaw, he played great. Every time Isaac was on Bain, uh, he he did great. Other than he did fall asleep on that one corner three, yeah. Uh, and I was like, ah, come on, Ice. But, Honestly, DG did know. a good job on, on Jaw as well, right? Like yep. I, I think that's a contrast between the two of them. Is Darius does still take on all of these assignments, and and Jaw did not have a Jaw Morant night. He had Jaw plays. There were bursts, and uh, down the stretch when it mattered, he was still awesome because. He's, he's, so good. he's so damn good at basketball. <laughs> I, I've got a bit of a basketball crush with the Grizzlies. Like I've got my gripes. Like there's the little Warriors type stuff where it's like with the Warriors, there's always, ah, they're awesome. But like, do you need the moving screens? Do you need all this? Uh, with John Morant, it's the carry ball, whatever. He, he gets to play like a running back sometimes. That's fine. Um, but I, I, I do really enjoy the Grizzlies overall. And I, I thought they played a great game. And honestly, th- there was the other play where Garland had an isolation possession on Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, where, where Jaron blocked it from behind. And I believe that was what led to the five second in, uh, violation. Um, but the, the previous plays, Garland was going at Jaron and he was, he got him fouled. He, he scored on him a couple of no, times. I don't think one of those fouls is a foul. That, that, hey, you know what? We're, if we're going to accept whatever they say happened, happened, if we're going to have to say that the, the Jared Allen play was a block, we're going I'm to say that saying, Jared um, just, just, I don't, you know, bat, uh, Carter's basketball honesty felt like he had to mention that. Yeah, no, that that was definitely a generous one. But you know what? We deserve some breaks in life, Carter. We, we, we yeah, were, sure. were hard and so did the Cavs. Uh, but I, I thought Garland had done a good job individually in that matchup. And of course, Jaron playing with the fouls it's going to impact his uh, ability to be aggressive in those spots. Um, but all in all, like I, I thought a couple mistakes, the possessions that you'd like to have back. Uh, there was the the late possession where, where Mobley um, just should have been a little more decisive in the, the short roll and got called, uh, I believe, for a double dribble. Um, but, you know, overall, it was just such a good game. And honestly, I think that was the best game of Isaac Okoro's career. I uh, as I know, it's hard to say anything else could be given. I mean, that that Suns game is rookie year. Yeah, um, he he scored thirty uh, before in a game, and he had the game against Philly last year. That was great, but I think from a complete effort standpoint, that was the best game that we've seen from him. And I, I tweeted this out from the pod account today. But since February first, people 
criticized me for my small sample sizes since February 1st of last year. That's a year. big sample size. I heard that's almost a year, Justin. That's almost a year. Isaac Okoro is shooting 38% from three. Now, he's got to get the volume up, but I am so encouraged with what we're seeing from him. And, you know, that that is a, a meaningful sample. And, and uh, just the, the confidence to take it, the Mobley pass to him in the fourth quarter, big moment where it was low and to the left, and he caught it, brought it back over. and Couldn't still, believe it. Couldn't believe it. Still got the arc on the shot, too. Like, that's something we wouldn't have seen earlier in the season. If a pass was off, the arc wasn't there. So I think the hard work is really paying dividends, and I, I could not be happier with what we've seen from Okora. I mean, uh, it was just, I mean, the three looks really pure leaving his hand right now. He's taken uh, some that aren't in the pure corner. He's taken some, you know, a few steps in towards the wing. Those those weren't shots he was taking. Uh, he had a couple really strong rim attacks, uh, you know, against a, you know, somewhat stabilized defense uh, that, that looked really, really fluid. Um, I thought his on-ball defense was great again. Uh, against you know one of the tougher uh, foul merchants in the league, he only had two personal fouls. Um, I mean it's it's hard not to be thrilled. He had a great weak side block uh, in in you know in the fourth quarter, protecting Allen and Mobley who had been committed elsewhere on the play. Uh, he is really really playing good basketball, and you know it's funny like uh you know our dear friend of the pod and our former boss david zavak is still kind of griping about the volume like saying six shots isn't enough i'm kind of fine with six to eight shots a game like for for your fifth option on offense you know like like i think that's i think he was perfectly worth paying attention to <laughs> you know like like i i feel like if he has night if he's shooting two for four from three every night uh, in his 30 to 30, you know, 25 to 30 minutes, like, fine by me, pal. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Yeah, I have a hard time saying whether or not six is enough because it all is dictated by the game, right? Like, I, I think it's at a point now that the team needs He's taking to, the open shots. The, the team needs to find him when he's open. Like, make that pass. Let's see if the defenses eventually adjust if he's going to get that volume up. But on a night where, I honestly, I thought Darius was great. I thought Okoro was great. I thought Mobley uh, had, had an amazing game as well. Um, it didn't feel like there were any possessions left on the table for Okoro, and that's the biggest Did you thing. like how, how hard Mobley was going at Jaron? 
Like even him. even with somewhat mixed results, he had six turnovers. But I, I like that he wasn't. You know, uh, he was not backing down by any means. Uh, I'll say this. I would rather lose a game at this point, a, a tight game like this that's heartbreaking and it matters in the standings. I would rather lose a game like this because guys like Evan Mobley and Darius Garland and, and Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell are trying. Well, I guess not Donovan Mitchell. He, he's Donnie's more, pretty, pretty, pretty finished. The, the, man, the man's got a bit of a track record at this point. It's OK. Uh, but I, I'd rather Mobley be assertive in those spots. And, and of course, some of this is informed by the fact that he's been awesome in the clutch and he's been awesome in fourth quarters. But I'd rather see him try stuff in those spots then have him be tentative right like i think those are the long-term indicators of okay he's got that dog in him he he's he's someone that's going to be assertive in these moments he's not scared of the moments the the fact that he hit that game winner against the suns when he was having a bad game and had the confidence to take him that's all the indicators that i want to see that the, this guy is a competitor and, and he's not scared of the moment so uh that's that's what I want to see from him. And uh, I thought that this was considering the stage, considering the opponent um, being shorthanded. I, I thought this was one of their better games of the year, even though it didn't result in a win. Yeah, I, you know, ultimately, I mean, and there are I I'm think, taking a moral victory, man. I, I don't do, I, I mean, I don't pull, I don't pull the moral victory card often. This one I'm I'm calling moral victory. It might even have been a moral blow up. <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, I, I, I really, I, and you know, it's funny. You do see still though, why the team traded for Donovan Mitchell, you know, Darius, uh, doesn't have that top athletic gear mm -hmm. to shake, you know, a fully honed defense. That's just looking to stop him. Like they were in that moment. You know, if Donnie catches that ball on the wing, uh, on the, on the safety valve on that last play, like, He's attacking, and he's he's gonna get a a, a really good look. So, like you know, I I still even, think like, even just the ability to run that Garland Allen Mitchell horns action, like that's their yep. bread and butter this season. And I, that that to me would be my late game offense. I I would have that with a shooter in the corner, and then having Evan Mobley kind of be that outlet cutting to the basket. Like that to me would be crunch time offense. Uh, if you had all of your pieces, but you're, you're right. Like this, this is exactly why you have Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So like, you know, you see, you kind of see the, the bigger picture and like, that's why I'm kind of on team. That's uh, another reason I wasn't particularly grumpy. I just think we win the game if, if Donnie is there, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I just, I don't know. I thought the team really, really battled. Uh, the bench remains, a problem right now right you know you're just yeah. not getting enough scoring from that group you're not you're not getting enough shooting from that group right now um uh they went let's see one of five two of six yeah it's not great they hit three threes off the bench on 12 shots yeah. you know the i mean volume... every single one of the the starters had a positive plus minus right like they were plus 10 yep. in the minutes that darius was on the court and i think some of that's going and he to... played 39 you know I, I think some of that's going to stabilize it as ricky gets a little bit better obviously that's going to i like how many threes ricky's taken do, do you know how many threes oh i i, I put i do i was set i was setting you up but uh, fine yeah I mean, ricky is taking 10 threes per 36 minutes that that man is getting them up right now i've enjoying it obviously the bench lineup is going to be more stable when you have garland and mitchell to stagger as well uh, but but as Ricky gets more comfortable, um, I, I think you're you're going to see that work out for the Cavs a little bit better. Yeah, and once we see Dean get back and ideally, uh, you once know, Kevin's back and healthy, hand is feeling better. Like that yeah. that was the other thing since our last podcast is that Kevin Love did say to Chris Fedor that hey, I, my thumb is still in pain in my shooting hand, and um, you know, to to JB's credit, what exactly what we said on the podcast last time, which was hey get let kevin out there let him play for a little bit see how it's going and then if it's not working out you might have to pull the hook that's exactly what they did against memphis and i think you need to keep giving him opportunities and because the upside of him when he's not in this slump is worth uh investing in uh but for the time being this is probably how you have to deploy him yeah absolutely so you know i think that better days are ahead for this bench um I think the starter in uh, and again Karis was uh, had to start tonight. You know He's his twenty three points uh, if they were off the bench would look a lot different. Um, so you know I ultimately I'm at the point where I'm I'm feeling really really good about kind of that that game. I feel like they've had a lot of close losses that I didn't feel like were moral victories, but 
this one I had a good feeling about and the Cavs didn't let me down. So it, it you know, uh, I'll, I'll tip my cap, but boy, do I want to beat the damn Golden State Warriors <laughs> because this team it will be on a back-to-back to play in Boston, so it should be a letdown game for them. Um, they're a team that is absolutely atrocious on the road thus far this season. This is a should win, but these dudes, I think they, they're still coming at us because of all the 3-1 jokes, Justin. These guys play their asses off whenever they play us, and I want to just beat them anyway. You know, I don't apologize for any of those jokes, even even if that is the case. Not know, a one. I'm, I, I just... I like that the hurt from the one year is enough to to still sustain that fire for them. E- even though Absolutely. it causes them to get up for the Cavs, that's just more proof of how much 2016 hurts. And, and wasn't it Draymond that like kind of hinted that he'd trade a couple in for that one? I, uh, I, can't I don't remember. know, but that sounds like a thing he would have said. You know, I, it's also just fan fiction in my brain. My my brain is, is constant fan fiction going, so uh, maybe that's part of it. But I, I want to beat the Warriors, I, and part of why I want to beat the Warriors is that game on Saturday is really, really tough against the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis went through a full practice. They haven't played since Tuesday. Obviously, the Cavs will, will be playing tomorrow, so that's going to be a tough one. But then after that, even though the Cavs are heading on the road, uh, there's some more winnable games uh, basically from here on out. And you know what, Carter? Honestly, I, obviously, the, the, the health of Donovan Mitchell is, is hanging over the team, but I I'm going to just say for the record, I do feel like a run is coming. I feel like this team is getting very close to it all clicking. I I, I don't know if it's just Isaac Okoro kind of breaking out of the shell and, and finding some consistency. And Darius clearly looks better without the, uh, the thumb sling on. And the schedule getting objectively easier. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's part of it too. But like we've seen them drop games that they should win already this season. But I, I sure. think they're starting to find more of a groove. They're starting to learn how to play with one another more. And maybe I'm just reading way too much into that Grizzlies game, but I feel like things are going to be on the come up very soon. Yeah, well, I mean, they've alternated wins and losses their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. So, you know, uh, they're playing 500 ball right now. Um, you know, a couple of those losses shouldn't have been losses. Um, a couple of them were, you know, we're lucky to be as close as we were. Um, but it's, it's time to, you know, if they want to make a push for a uh, home court in, in this ridiculous Eastern conference, they are going to have to make a run soon. So, you know, uh, my, my, my hope is that they are splitting, mm-hmm. uh, this, uh, back to back. Um, but man, I would if take they, any if they combination fun- yeah. of splitting this back to back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I guarantee you, these guys are looking forward to, uh, uh, to the to the two days off after the Milwaukee game because they have played every other day since January second. Um, no, since uh, December thirty first. <laughs> no, since December 29th, they they've played every other day. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, so like they these guys have been and uh, and on road trips and even when they've been home, it's been a home stop just to go back on the road. Um, so you know this is a this is a a point where things should get a little easier on their bodies and. Ideally, we'll we'll see that pay dividends. Yeah, it's always important to remember the human side of things. And honestly, talking to Brad kind of w- was a nice reminder of that too, right? Like just remembering that this isn't a game that can just be reduced to math. Like math can kind of help contextualize what's going on out there. But at the end of the day, it's people. It, it, some days you have it, some days you don't. You learn from your mistakes. And I, I think that the, the Cavs are absolutely on the right track. So I'm I'm looking for this. Fingers crossed for at least a split this weekend. We will be back next week. Got an awesome guest for you, I believe, as well. Uh, big thanks to Brad Doherty for joining us on this podcast. And again, while they're still voting open, at least vote Donovan Mitchell in as an all-star starter. Hopefully the coaches do the right thing and bring in at least one more Cleveland Cavalier. I'm sure we'll have those discussions on later podcasts, but big thanks to everyone that tuned in live on YouTube. Make sure you like, and subscribe, click notification bell. So you know when we're going live, if you're listening via podcast and want to support us, you can leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the chase Down's exclusive discord chats and a screenshot that review to chase down at gmail.com. However you choose to support us. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Until next time, go Cats.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.